Welcome everyone to the table. We are grateful to have you here on this most difficult of days. I want everyone to know um, the bathrooms are through that back door and around to your left. Everyone is always free to move about, but we're a crowded bunch, so please help one another if someone has to get up, um, because I know the pews are kind of tight sometimes. And so here at the table, our main rule is there's not a whole lot of rules, except that we try to be kind to one another and help each other. Um, for anyone who has younger friends with them, there are binders in the back uh, in the green cupboard, and you're welcome to get those if you need them for coloring. Adults, you can do that too, if you need to. All right, let's all take in a deep breath and let it out slowly. Friends, we have gathered here this day to praise God and to witness to our faith as we celebrate the life of Crystal Ann Barnes. We come together in grief, acknowledging our human loss. <clears throat> may God grant us grace that in pain we may find comfort, in sorrow, hope, and in death, resurrection. Let's be in an attitude of prayer. O oh God who gave us birth, you are ever more ready to hear than we are to pray. You know our needs before we ask and our ignorance in asking. Give to us now your grace that as we shrink before the mystery of death, we may see the light of eternity. Speak to us once more your solemn message of life and of death. Help us to live as those who are prepared to die. And when our days here are accomplished, God, enable us to die as those who go forth to live, so that living or dying our life may be in you and that nothing in life or in death will be able to separate us from your great love in Christ Jesus. Let the people say amen. I invite us to stand in um, body and spirit here in this room and those of you online as well. Um, and we're going to sing together, Abide With Me. The words will be on the screen and Hannah will lead us.
Amen. I invite you to be seated. Our reading today comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part and we prophesy only in part, but when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. And when I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now, faith, hope, and love abide. These three, and the greatest of these is love. This is a most difficult day for everyone. Thank you for being present. Crystal asked for this celebration to be here at the table. The sanctuary, we understand, gave her enormous comfort. She said about this place, the bricks, the skylight, the stained glass window, the candles. I feel God there more than any other building I've been in. It was just last October that Crystal came to the waters of baptism here in this room, right here in this space. It was beautiful. There's no easy explanation for why a woman so young and vital, so needed in the world for all the good she had yet to accomplish would die at such a young age. So I will not try to do any explaining. When a person dies, there are some things that can be said, though. And there is at least one thing that should never be said. It's something that is actually very commonly heard, though. I've heard it myself from people. It often comes out something like, I just don't understand the will of God, or... This must be the will of God. So hear me clearly, it isn't. While some people think that is true, God does not go around the world with God's finger on a button that says, you will live and you will not. 
If anything is true about God, it is that God is dead set against what I would call an unnatural time of death. For a parent to die before her young children is not the way one expects life to unfold. The one thing that should not be said on a day like today is that it was the will to go to God. Never do we know enough to say that. If there is any consolation for us at all, it may be that when Crystal breathed her last breath, God's heart was the first of all of our hearts to break. It may be some consolation also in that she seemed, by her family's memory and testimony, to be prepared. She was surrounded with love. And that's what abiding love looks like from God. This is why, soon after such a time as this, people have to come to our rescue. People who only want to be present with you. Hold your hand. Take a walk. Just sit. Maybe, and sometimes hopefully, not even speak at all. We simply need people to show up, to bring food, share flowers. The family told me there were two arrangements of flowers. <laughs> the flowers are coming in abundance. Maybe people will in time find ways to write letters and love notes. For it is through this presence that we feel God's love in the midst of our sorrow and grief and all you all are showing up so very beautifully. The poet Robert Browning Hamilton wrote this. I walked a mile with pleasure. She chattered all the way, but left me none the wiser for all she had to say. I walked a mile with sorrow, and ne'er a word said she, but the things I learned from her, oh, the things I learned from her when sorrow walked with me. When a parent of a young person dies, they take with them the past. And so it will be up to all of y'all to generously share with Crystal's children the stories of their mom's love for them, the ways you knew her to be, and not just one time, over and over again at each new stage of their growth and living. And not just right now, but in the months and years to come. For that is what love looks like, too. Today we celebrate a woman who took as her goal in life the fulfillment of the ideal that Apostle Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians 13 that we heard uh, Pastor Matt read for us. Crystal's love for her family and friends was all that Paul described. And I do not mean this in a sappy, sentimental way. Paul had a great deal of muscle and bone in the scripture, and Crystal was gifted in the art of loving and caring from her muscles and bones. She knew what strong love looked like and felt like. It was in the reading of books, the writing of stories, 
Love was in her courage and resolve to do hard things at an early age, like swim further than anyone thought she could, and her absolute trust that Aunt Judy would be next to her in that canoe. Love was in the way she made events special. Love was in the way she continued the family tradition of Christmas cookie baking, and so many, many more. The Apostle Paul also mentions that if you don't have love, no grand gesture is going to make up for it. And all of you who knew Crystal so well know that she understood that. With her beaming sunshine smile, she went about the transforming work of love and care day in and day out. Not huge grand gestures, but the consistency and resolve of showing up. She had a capacity to understand the good in others and to trust the love that is discovered in relationship. Her mothering and partnering were woven through with this trust. And so too was her work as Community Relations and Development Director for CASA, where she was recently honored as one of the 40 under 40 to watch in Sacramento. We all know how Crystal died. She knew that cancer would overtake her body at some moment, and so she was clear. To tell you all how much she loved you, and also she knew and wanted people to realize and understand deeply that her happiness was reflected most strongly from the moment she and Steve connected and amplified in their marriage and in the birth of each of their children. For this clarity, we can be grateful. There is no question about her feeling of being loved and of loving others. And while grief is so very hard, we are also clear that our life with Crystal in it was a blessing and will continue to be a blessing as we find our way forward without her. She would not have it any other way than for us to allow our tears while also committing ourselves to a celebration of her life in every way that we are able. And so we will do our best. We are going to have a song after I finish just momentarily. We will have time to listen to the witness of others and view a video. And there's a song specially written for Crystal. And then we will finish up with a special time outside. For now, it must be enough to offer our deep gratitude for Crystal and the love embodied in both her living and her dying. That, that is what God looks like. Let's say amen. Like a star up in the sky You always shine so bright and true My little sister and best friend You surprise me to no end with all you do And I wanted you to know You're the most amazing mom And my heart's full Because I know you're in the world 
your strength is endless it keeps going strong and lila and grant are so lucky that you're their mom day you said I do to Stephen I just knew you'd be okay and when my niece was almost due I was on my way to you it was a miracle day life with you so beautiful You're the most amazing mom and my heart's full Because I know you're in the world Your strength is endless, it keeps going strong And Lila and Grant are so lucky that you're their mom I still remember cookie day at Christmas time And holding you just like a baby Cause it made you smile We'll keep on making memories With our new families That will live on forever Crystal you're the most amazing mom and my heart's full Because I know you're in the world Your strength is endless, it keeps going strong And Lila and Grant are so lucky that you're their mom They're so lucky that you're there, Mom. and Taya, that's the first time I've heard that song. It was absolutely beautiful. I am Aunt Judy. I did watch her paddling fiercely to keep up with her. She was eight years old when she swam across that lake. So, a few weeks ago, when I asked Crystal, if there was something she wanted me to make sure Lila and Grant knew, she said to tell them, the world is wonderful and it is full of magic. Crystal, the little girl, child, and adolescent Archini family all loved, was always quietly watching, thinking, puzzling things out, and wanting to learn more. 
At the same time, her delight, her absolute excitement for life spilled out all around her. It was contagious. Crystal Ann Cheney Burns grew to be an adult who treasured the sacredness of childhood. She understood what loving care could look like, care that would provide stability for our most vulnerable children. She knew that caring adults willing to be truly present in children's lives could provide that steadiness and dependability essential for children to even begin to feel secure and loved. Crystal called us the important grand people. She would tell, that was her word, grand. She called us all the important grand people in the lives of children. She believed we are everywhere, if we could only see it in ourselves. I heard her attitude echoed in the words of international orphan advocate, Jana Stanfield. Jana said, I cannot do all the good the world needs, but the world needs all the good that I can do. Crystal believed she could make a difference with every fiber of her being. I think CASA became her place to fulfill this sense of how she understood her responsibility to the world. So now, as a gift, a last gift to all of you, as only she could, I will give you what I think Crystal's New Year's wish would be for you. And it's by author Neil Gaiman. You ready for your wish? Yes. May your coming year be filled with magic and dreams and good madness. I hope you read some fine books and kiss someone who thinks you are absolutely wonderful. And don't forget, <laughs> don't forget to make some art, to write, to draw, to build, to sing, to dance, or to live as only you can. And I hope somewhere in the next year, you each surprise yourself. And I'm going to show you Lila's art from just a couple days ago. And I do think it will surprise you.
It's very beautiful, Lila. Looks so good. And I'm qualified to say that because I can paint. Um, I'm Danny with Casa Sacramento. And allow me to preface this anecdote with the fact that I did ask Crystal if I could share it at her funeral. And she said, quote, tell whatever story you want. Um, and she knows I cope with humor, so this is on her. Um, it was 10 minutes before the start of Acre Boya 2022, an event that would raise tens of thousands of dollars for Casa Sacramento. Crystal was wearing a brand new ultramarine jumpsuit and her boss heels. She looked fabulous and she knew it and she was right. As I followed her to the bathroom, I noticed that, sorry, to the ballroom, I noticed that a seam in the suit had ripped in an unfortunate and noticeable location. So I started to panic and I asked her, if you were in like an embarrassing situation and there was nothing you could do about it, would you want someone to tell you? And Crystal, being practical and action-oriented, replied, tell me what it is and maybe I can do something about it. So I told her and she reminded me that, duh, we are at a fancy hotel. They probably had a sewing kit we could use. So she sent me to the front desk and told me to meet her in the bathroom. And of course she was right. And when I returned with the sewing kit, Crystal handed me her jumpsuit over the stall door, and I said, these stitches will not be pretty, but I will do my best to make sure they hold. And she said, that's all I need, you got this. She was the kind of person who would be your cheerleader even when she was the one trapped in a bathroom stall minutes before a huge networking event. <laughs> As I was squatting on the bathroom floor trying desperately to thread the needle, she softly recited the phrase that we'd use whenever our jobs got a little weird other duties as assigned by your supervisor. <laughs> when the hole was sewed and the suit was back on, she marched right into the ballroom and proceeded to charm the pants off of everyone because of course she did. Crystal was a people person through and through. She moved through the world with an infinite capacity for love and her entrance into a room was often preceded by her beautiful and infectious laugh. Crystal began her journey with CASA in 2014 as a volunteer advocate, sharing her astuteness and love of literature with teenage girls who needed a stable, compassionate adult in their lives. She says that her experience as a CASA volunteer was more impactful than anything she's been paid to do, which is impressive because she was hired on staff before she even completed her volunteer training. So she started getting paid pretty much immediately. She was that good. She spent nine years ensuring that Sacramento's most vulnerable children and young adults have the support, guidance, and advocacy that they need to navigate the child welfare and juvenile justice systems. She understood that growing up is hard and scary, even in the best of circumstances, and she believed that every kid deserves to have someone by their side as they traverse the tumultuous waters into adulthood. Crystal wore most of the hats at CASA at one point or another, and she was amazing at all of them. She served as a CASA volunteer, as a case supervisor, a grant writer, an event coordinator, a de facto staff therapist, and a wildly successful community relations and development director. Even while battling cancer, she was befriending doctors and inviting them to crab dinner and recruiting CASA volunteers in the ER. She did. <laughs> she would come back from every, every ER visit like, okay, I got another one. Part of Crystal's strength as a community builder and fundraiser was that she was a storyteller. She was a talented and thoughtful writer and speaker and a brilliant strategist, and she used those skills to bring volunteers and donors to CASA to help the kids who need it most. She spent hours rehearsing and refining her fast pitch 2022 presentation 
because she wanted to not just explain what CASA does, but show why it matters. And if you don't know what CASA does, I'm not going to explain it. You should go watch her fast pitch speech um, because it is masterful. It hits you in the head and the heart and she would tell me to get over this, but if we lived in a world with any semblance of justice, she would have won that competition. <laughs> Crystal was also the beating heart of the CASA team. She walked into the office every day with a bright, good morning, and here's the thing, she meant it every time. She wanted you to have a good morning, even when she wasn't. She made sure that each and every one of us on staff felt seen and heard and valued. I had the absolute privilege of working closely with Crystal at Casa Sacramento for five years. In that time, she quickly became not just a work partner and mentor, but a close and cherished friend. You could come to her to talk about anything, and she would listen carefully and earnestly, and she would nod, and then she would, as Kelly liked to say, drop a gem of wisdom, or a crystal of wisdom. Um, she could say one sentence that made you laugh and fundamentally changed you as a person for the better, and she'd do that like five times a day. Crystal was one of those rare people where everyone loves her, and everyone is correct to do so. She had a boundless optimism that I sometimes found baffling, but was always genuine. She could face cynicism and even share it and hold space for trauma, but all the while she maintained a positive attitude that never felt condescending because it was real. She left you feeling hopeful. Crystal Burns lived with the intention of making her corner of the world a better place, and she succeeded. You can see it in the CASA support she brought to hundreds of kids, in the lives she touched personally and professionally, and in the love of her family. She loved so hard and cared so much, and she was also smart and brave and insightful and hilarious. We are unspeakably lucky that her corner of the world was ours too. Hi everyone. For those who don't know me, my name is Kathleen, or Kat as Crystal called me. And I was lucky enough to have Crystal as one of my best friends for the past 25 years. As most of you know, Crystal was a brilliant writer and an excellent public speaker. Unfortunately, I do not share those talents with my dear friend. So please bear with me as I try to say a few words to honor someone very special to me. Crystal asked that people tell happy stories today. Despite being friends for most of our lives, I really struggled to come up with the right stories, meaningful stories. We shared many meals together. We celebrated occasions from birthdays to weddings to childbirth. There was lots of laughter and the occasional tears, all the normal stuff. Thinking back to our high school years, I'm reminded of some of the stories that may not be perfect for a memorial, but help to paint the picture of a life well lived. Like the time we borrowed my mom's car and accidentally popped the tires <laughs> by driving the wrong way over some parking lot road spikes. 
My sister was the driver, neither of us, but we were along for the questionable ride. I'm also reminded of all the time we spent together at Crystal's mom's apartment, watching the wedding singer for the umpteenth time, or revisiting our favorite Disney movies, or eating banana cream pie on the living room floor straight from the pie tin because one of us had an exceptionally bad day, as teenagers sometimes do. Our silly adventures didn't stop after high school. I remember one year, probably in our mid-20s, <clears throat> when Crystal rented a limo for her birthday. One friend lost a shoe at a bar we stopped at. Not both shoes, just one. Luckily, someone knew the stop at the dance club we were headed to, so they let us all in, despite being down one shoe. There were jello shots had by all that night. Crystal made them, so I'm sure they were quite strong. It's safe to say we may have had a little bit too much fun that night. As Crystal later told me that we'd need to find an alternative limo company for any future adventures. <laughs> Crystal certainly did love a good limo ride, so it's appropriate that we celebrated her bachelorette party by taking a limo all the way from Sacramento to San Francisco and back. It was such a fun night out, dancing and laughing together and showering Crystal with love. I was so happy to hear that Crystal recently took a limo to the 40 Under 40 Awards reception, a perfectly appropriate way to celebrate her amazing accomplishment. Crystal had many accomplishments in her life. She told me during one of our last visits not to be sorry that she was happy. If I only get to live half a life, she said, I live the one I wanted to. I have all the things I wished for. A husband that I love, two amazing children, a career I'm passionate about, and a house. My life has been happy, she said. I was fortunate to witness Crystal achieving all of these dreams. And I can attest that none of it came from luck. Crystal made each and every one of those dreams happen through patience and perseverance. She met her perfect match in Steve and knew early on that he was the person she wanted to spend her life with. Their relationship is truly one to be admired, unconditional love and partnership. I'm so happy she found that love. I've never been more excited to learn of a pregnancy than when Crystal told me she was pregnant with Lila. I remember getting her text when I was vacationing in Mexico, a picture of an ultrasound. I was absolutely over the moon for her. It was something she'd wanted for a long time and I couldn't possibly think of someone more deserving. Crystal was the first person I told when I found out I was pregnant with my first child. Lila was just about to turn two. I had purchased some color cannons to use for a gender reveal, but didn't wind up doing one. So I told Crystal to hurry up and get pregnant again so she could use them. <laughs> two months later, I was absolutely thrilled when I got a text that read, get those cannons ready. How lucky I was to have a lifelong friend with a child so close in age to my own. Though our time of shared playdates was far too short, I'm so glad we got to experience those special moments in life together. None of this is fair, we all know that. But I'm so thankful for the time I got to spend with Crystal. She was one of the most kind, caring, and genuine people I've ever known. Crystal was a fierce advocate 
for youth and women, and for all those she cared about. I'm so lucky to have had her in my corner all of these years. Reading the messages shared on Crystal's page this past week has filled me with awe and admiration of the great impact Crystal had in her community. She touched so many, many lives, and I am beyond grateful to have known her for as long as I did. While I know I'm going to miss her each and every day here on out, I also know that I'm going to do my best to honor her by carrying her spirit of love, kindness, and compassion with me as best I can, by trying to make the world a better place each and every day, like I know she would have done. I love you, Crystal, and I'll miss you forever. My name is Taya, I'm Crystal's niece. Uh, some of you may or may not know me or just haven't seen me in a long time. This is my first time in 21 years I've ever spoken to an audience or anything like that, so I may cry or stutter or crack a joke, beware. My Auntie Crystal and I had a lot of great memories together. And one I will never forget, when I was young, my Auntie Crystal always made me read. I hated reading, but I did it for her. I would have never read for my parents, but for my Auntie Crystal, I did. There was even a situation when we took a trip to Oregon for a Shakespeare play. And she said if I didn't read her a book on the way there, we would die. I remember when we were on the drive there, if I read it fast enough, I didn't have to read it on the way back. But let me tell you, I finished a 300-something page book on the way there, but she found another way to have me read on the way back. <laughs> she had me read Shakespeare. Not only did I sound like I was reading at a fifth grade level, I also had no idea what I was saying. So finally, after getting so frustrated trying to read this book, I asked if we could talk about times when I was a little girl. I was pretty little at the time when my Auntie Crystal had boyfriends, and I hated every one of them. <laughs> every time I saw them, I made it known I didn't like them. And I told my Auntie Crystal, you needed to break up with them, and she did. But when she brought Steve home to meet me, I knew one day I told my Auntie Crystal he was gonna, she was going to marry him. I didn't want to hurt Steve or make his life miserable. I loved him. And I knew he loved me. As I got older, I did sleepovers at their house, and we would play Mario Kart on the TV, and I always won, of course. We would take walks to the river behind their house. I would go to work with my Auntie Crystal and meet everyone she worked with, and I loved it. I felt like an, a little adult. I'd help my aunt with things around her work, and she would reward me with Dutch bros, and we would always say Dutch bros before boys, besides Uncle Steve. <laughs> As Crystal and Steve's relationship grew, I knew he would marry my aunt, and I couldn't be more excited. 
Then one day I spent the night out, I spent the night and my uncle Steve asked if it would be okay for him to marry my auntie Crystal. I was so excited and it made me feel really important like I was their matchmaker. I loved her so much and she knew when I approved of Steve she had to marry him. There wasn't any other option and just like that they got married. I knew having kids in the near future was a possibility for them. I was a bit jealous because I was my aunt's everything and I knew I wouldn't be in first place anymore. And then she had two. <laughs> when I got to hold Lila for the first time, I fell in love. She was the best thing that could ever happen. I wasn't jealous anymore and I accepted second place. I love you, Lila Burns. I wouldn't know what I would do if you were not here. After I found out my auntie was pregnant with Grant, I couldn't believe it. Another, I got another best friend. And even though she had two of her own babies, I couldn't be happier. I was no longer jealous, I was just happy. I still spent the night and helped take care of the babies, stayed up all night with Lila. It was tiring, but it was some of the best memories that I'm so thankful to have. Apple Hill Adventures, snow sledding with air mattresses, museum days, birthdays, quick ice cream runs, and so much more, something I'm grateful I was able to do with my aunt. I wish I was able to have you here for a few more amazing memories. I love you, Uncle Steve, and I love you, Lila and Grant. I love you, Mom, and I'm so thankful to have you all in my life. And to my best friend and my only auntie, I love you, I miss you, and I, he wished you were here with me. I'm so sorry for all your pain and suffering. I wish I could take it all away. You'll forever be in my heart. I love you and can't wait to be able to cuddle with you in heaven. Thank you. So I'm Brandy, I'm Crystal's sister. I severely struggled trying to write this, so I decided to write a letter to my sister instead. Hi sister, I've been thinking so much about you this week. When mom brought you home from the hospital, I was nearly 11 years old. You were so tiny and so precious. As we grew older, our roles as sisters became defined. I felt in the depths of me that I was meant to protect you. When you were just a tiny thing, you looked to me for everything. And I loved every minute of it. Do you remember going out to play and then sending a group of kids to our home to meet me? They were being unkind. Without warning, you showed up at our door. I opened the front door and there you were with your little arms folded, smiling. A group of kids behind you just looked at me and then they screamed and ran away. <laughs> we handled a lot of conflict that way. I used to love horror movies, not really something you ever got into. But as a child, you attentively sat with me, soaking it all in. 
and then practicing your newfound colorful vocabulary at the least appropriate times. <laughs> I love that. You used to stay up so late and wake up so early. As a teenager at this point, all I wanted to do was sleep in. At 6 a.m., you would tap me on the face until I woke up and then insisted I make you eggs and toast. I did. I may have complained, but I did. I would do anything to be able to make you eggs and toast again. <laughs> Sorry. I love trying to teach you to cook. We cooked a lot as kids. Prep for countless cookie days, I suppose. I'm so grateful that tradition, like baking cookies for 16 hours, was as important to you as it was me. Some of my favorite times were teaching you new things. Going swimming in the neighborhood pool, Folsom Lake, all summer long. Despite our age difference, we did a lot together practically every single day. As you grew up and I had Taya, you jumped into being an aunt as though you had prepared for it your whole life. You were only 19, but you loved her, cuddled her, read to her, and we all had fun spending time together. You made time with you and Taya always feel special. I promise that I will make time and I will spend time with Lila and Grant too. I will love them, cuddle them, and read to them. I will make sure they both always feel special. And I will make them chocolate pie. I just want to thank you, sister. Thank you for those beautiful babies. I love them so much. Thank you for Steve. He really is like a brother to me. Thank you for loving Taya as if she were your own. And thank you for loving me. Thank you for always including me in your beautiful life. It has been an incredible honor. Someday we will hold each other like babies again. We will laugh. You will tolerate my humor as only you do. And we will argue about who gets to be Betty White on Golden Girls. <laughs> I don't know how to do this world without you. I love you, my sweet sister. And this is something that she's always said to me. I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby will be.
Crystal invited us to close our time with a prayer that has shaped her own life and way of being, and that is the prayer of St. Francis. And I will share that with us and then say a prayer uh, for those of us gathered. There's just so much love in this room, in the stories that have been shared, in the smiles and in the tears, in God's deep love for Crystal and for all of us in this moment. And so first, I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll turn to St. Francis. God, you love Crystal forever and always. And for that deep love, we give you thanks. For the ways that this gentle storyteller, this resilient mom, this passionate spouse, fierce advocate, this lover of justice and creative spirit, a sister and an aunt, a niece, a daughter. She holds so many titles, God. And we in this room have known her in so many different ways. But in this moment, God, we give you thanks for your expansive love, which holds Crystal forever and always. So we offer this time in our lives, in your creative ways, in many names. Amen. I'll invite you to stand as you're willing and able and to hear these ancient words that come to us from St. Francis and allow this way of being in the world to shape your own life. And then Hannah is going to help us go out. I was with Crystal and Steve just before Christmas, and she was in the bed um, reflecting on this moment. And there is so much that's held, both the grief and the beauty and the love, all of it mixed up. And most of the time, we don't know what to do when we have all those big feelings. And so we often turn to the musicians and the artists to help us find a way to ancient words when we don't have the words. And so we'll close by hearing St. Francis's words. And then we'll go out with the love of God as we celebrate a love that is flying away, flying away into the heart of God. So hear this prayer from St. Francis. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. And so in this moment, God, we turn to prepare um, to offer Crystal Ann's life back to you. You are ever more ready to hear, God, than we are to pray. So we trust that your love flies with Crystal in this very moment as she moves 
in and through your heart. We offer this time in our lives and Crystal's life to you. Amen. We'd like to invite you to sing or hum along on the choruses, even if you don't know the song. The chorus is pretty simple, um, and we'll sing together. as we move from here, the family will move just outside and we'll have a special final send-off there for all of us gathered in the courtyard. And then the family extends an invitation that you'll find in the printed bulletin at noon in Folsom. So I invite you to hear these words of prayer. God of us all, your love never ends. And when all else fails, you are still God. 
And so we pray to you and for one another in our need and for all anywhere who mourn with us this day. May your love give our doubt hope, give our weakness strength, and give our sorrow peace. Keep true in us the love with which we hold for one another. And in all our ways, may we trust in your love in this moment and all the days of our lives. Friends, may we be gracious with one another, especially those who mourn this day. May you express the love of God wherever you go, and may your hearts be filled with that same love of God. May that spirit inspire our hearts and sustain us as we move from this place into the world which God so loves. Amen.